Kia ora, and welcome to the New Zealand Property Market Podcast, brought to you by CoreLogic, produced by Agent CV, for the 3rd of August 2020. I'm Head of Research, Nick Goodall, and I'm joined by our Senior Property Economist, Calvin Davidson, down in Christchurch. Calvin, how's things, mate? What's you get through the weekend? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, normal weekend, really, other than I uh, attended a 40th birthday on, on Friday night down in my old hometown in Ashburton, so that was good. Certainly something out of the ordinary, and... Um, Reminded me that I'm not 21 anymore. Uh, Saturday was a, a bit of a slow day. Young kids again, but no, it was good. Caught up with old friends, and and you know, it's it is uh, it is nice to do these things every once in a while. Um, so no, no complaints. How about yourself? Careful, mate. You're going to age yourself. You know, telling people that you're going to 40 this now. Um, yeah, 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 giving it away there. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, no, all good with me, mate. Actually, pretty pretty quiet weekend for me. Actually, didn't have my own football. Um, managed to go out for a run instead, which was which was nice to get around the hills around Wellington, which was good. Pretty decent weather again, but otherwise, yeah, just lots of whānau stuff again, um, hanging out with the kids and things, and yeah, no, pretty pretty cruisy one for me. But don't mind that every now and then, or even though it's probably more than every now and then. But um, yeah, no, no, no dramas from my perspective. Pretty happy to have a quiet one. Yeah, and um, no doubt there was a, a bit of sport on TV in the in the household. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, quite a little bit, quite a bit of the rugby. Um, didn't actually watch all of the Phoenix, but they weren't at their best, so maybe that wasn't the worst thing to miss miss out on them. But they've dropped back from second, so yeah, it makes an interesting couple of weeks as they learn the playoffs. Um, but yeah, so so be a tight little end for the A League. Really want to get that top two spot, and they weren't so good on Friday, so that's a bit frustrating. But uh, yeah, you know, always a little, always a little bit of sport going on there. And certainly the rugby has been pretty interesting, and and is set up for a good last couple of weeks for that um, tournament as well. So. Yeah, no, that, that 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 keeps me going, mate. Keeps me entertained. Yeah, another. I, I was I was a little bit absent from watching sport over the weekend, but yeah, it seems like another good few games in the, in the Super Rugby. So, um, yeah, not sure how long the teams would want to keep bashing each other, but um, certainly for the spectator, uh, the, you know, great, great top. Well, certainly um, entertaining rugby, and and a lot of the time tight finishes. So, um, yeah, no complaints on that one either. No, I totally agree, totally agree. And always look across the NRL, see what's going on there too. And obviously the news last week being Sonny Bill coming back. So um, interesting to see how he slots into things at the Roosters I think he's going to turn up at. Um, but yeah, what an what a, you know, amazing guy that is. So interesting to see how he goes. Yeah, I, I think from memory, he, he was sort of starting to get a few injuries towards the end of his All Black career, wasn't he? I wonder whether that relentless nature of the, the NRL... Um, you know, I wouldn't put anything past him, of course, but you wonder whether that relentless nature might catch up with him. But he's obviously pretty confident, and um, so are the so are the Sydney Roosters owners. So, so yeah, good luck to him. Exactly, and people will watch, and that's the key thing, right? He's a draw card no matter what he does, and so that's the key point. That's right. Just as long as he doesn't uh, um, contribute to the Roosters beating the Raiders, uh, if he doesn't do that, I'll be happy. Good point. Good point. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> Actually, speaking of that, the Warriors got a good one on the weekend too, so nice to see them get up, especially Indeed. when it's unexpected. They love to be the underdog, so it's good to see as well. For sure. All right, mate, let's let's move on. Come on, got to go into some, some real work rather than talk sport all day. It's not a sport podcast. A few That's listeners right. will be like, what, what have I dialed into? What am I listening to? But um, let's get into it then. Early market indicators report, as I always start each week. Look, I think it's really worth noting that those custom market appraisals from those agents are going really, really strong. And I think that we're now at a really interesting point, you know, the fact that we're seeing things tick up, is this a sign of a healthy market? So we're seeing a good healthy number of, you know, people look to list their property, which is going to increase listings, or 
is it warning signs of people approaching the point where they may actually need to sell? Um, you know, we wouldn't typically see a lift about now, but in the latest week of data, they're up 5.2%. So good news for those agents rely on listings and other people that you know in the market that rely on transactions to occur. Um, but the key question I suppose I've got is what are the most what's the motivation of those that are looking to list? You know, we might have to run that survey again uh, that we run middle of last month, was it? Or even prior to that, looking at, you know, the motivations for people that are listing their property. Uh, where we sort of talked about some people were listing for financial reasons and maybe that's starting to lift now as we've flagged previously, getting close to that time where wage subsidies run out, mortgage deferrals run out, and maybe that's a time where, you know, that's people are actually starting to list to go, you know what, I can't actually afford or I might run into trouble if I hold onto this property and need to keep paying mortgage. So we will wait and see that. I think that... Um, it is worth noting in the last couple of weeks, sort of anecdotally, I've heard that the majority of people at the banks rolling off their deferrals are shifting to making payments relatively easily. But that doesn't mean there aren't people there that'll be rolling off that'll be struggling. Seeing this majority are fine. If there's enough people that are struggling, that could mean we've got more motivated sellers, which leads to faster and potentially cheaper sales as well. And um, so I'm always keen to get that insight as well from people in the space. So please, you know, if you're listening and you've got an insight to what's going on in the space and you've got any data especially, please do get in touch to let us know what's going on. Anything else from that sort of supply side, I suppose, perspective from you? Not a huge amount. Uh, I mean, I guess, yeah, chatting to people at the birthday party on Friday night, you know, small sample, of course, but still just this positive sentiment, people, people that, a few friends were actually looking to buy properties and you know, having to compete at auction and some properties they'd already missed out on. So yeah, it's, it's, I guess it just adds to that, that positive environment we're seeing. And, and you know, that's seems real and it's out there, I guess, as this, as this economist with maybe a slightly pessimistic uh, view on things, you do sort of, you do sort of just, you can't ignore those risks. And that's the thing that things have bounced back and, and everyone's confident and all that. But can't ignore those things further out in the wage subset. And I just, just do wonder whether people might have slightly turned a blind eye to some of that. But yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see come September. Yeah. I mean, I suppose that confidence is going to come down to an individual basis, right? And if people's own situation, they know they're in an um, industry or their job or their company just looks fine, then fair enough, they continue to act on like normal. They're not too bothered about all the periphery stuff, you know, what's happening in hospitality and all those organizations and businesses that rely on international tourism, which is still the one that's obviously going to be hit the hardest. You know, if you're kind of oblivious to that, you carry on in your little bubble and you, and you do what you do. So I suppose that's got to be reflective of that too. I think, you know, similar to me, I mean, I've got anecdotes of people still asking me lots of information. You know, when my friends are looking for properties, coming to me, talking to me quite a lot. And we had a friend who late last week, um, you know, they, they got approved and they've actually been accepted their offer on a property and they were barreling on like no change. Uh, they're a first home buyer, whereas another friend of mine who was a mover, they were interested, they were looking, but they weren't too fussed about moving on, you know, and so they're like keen to look and see, but they've got a lot more strict criteria. And so to me, it was a nice little, again, anecdote, very small, but to show the mentality of this first home buyer who was keen as, what else you can do with your money, you want to get into the market, whereas a mover was like, yeah, I'm interested, keen to upgrade, can you be a bigger place? But if it doesn't tick all the boxes, now nah, we'll, we'll sit back and wait a while. And so I think that, that, that to me was an interesting insight to two different types of buyers as well. And going back to the early market indicators report, you know, I was speaking before about the CMAs, the appraisals being generated. If you go to the demand side of things, we're still seeing it. We saw a decent lift like 
a week or two ago, and valuations being ordered from sort of mid-late July, but they have dropped away quite considerably since and towards the end of July, um, to the point where last week they were 17% down on the prior week. So still above last year. So we're still seeing strong demand for this time of the year, maybe pent up or whatever, but seeing that trend of this lift and then drop away does sort of make you wonder, maybe there's a, there's a sign of, you know, fewer people being in the market that are going through and talking to the bank and, you know, actually getting that valuation for the property, which may mean they're waiting for later on in the year. Um, so it could be reflective of people not able to get a mortgage or the bank's turning them away and so they're not getting to valuation point or they're just, you know, waiting, waiting till later on. So something we'll certainly keep an eye on. And, you know, this is why I think we have these fast moving indicators is that, you know, one week you think one thing and the next it changes. You always get the sentiment behind it, so we'll continue to talk about it. But I think the key point here is, needless to say, if we see a continued drop in demand to those valuations being ordered and a lift in supply with people talking to agents and then those listings come to market, longer term that could undermine those prices. So we'll be of mass interest to many people as to what's going on in that space. And that's why we continue to watch what's going on. Previously, we said things seem to be ticking along fine, back to some sort of normality. Now it's getting interesting, and so we'll continue to pay attention to that, that those those measures and that report in general. Oh, good. Yeah, I wonder what's um, you know saying talking about movers potentially uh, just just not in any huge rush. They might also be concerned about finding that ideal next property in a, in a sort of already tight market for listings so it could be that if we do start to see those listings coming through for those those wrong reasons perhaps it might be more that investor side of things where, where, where that source of listings comes from potentially people who have lost tenants um, or potentially um, you know they might be fearing some price falls further ahead and so thinking gee I'll, I'll bank my capital gains I've already had so you know at the margins maybe we'd see that 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 supply of listings potentially come from that investor side but yeah, certainly not expecting a flood or anything like that. No, no, but like you say, then a mover might look at it and see an opportunity, you know, that that upgrade I was going to do was a bit more expensive. Now it's dropping down because there is a bit of value value drops happening. Then they may actually start to get things going again as well. The market starts to move again because they're freeing up those old properties. So there are many things at play here and certainly one that, as I said, just continue to keep a really watchful eye on um, all the little measures we can get. So, yeah, I like that. All right, mate, we're well, moving on then. I thought, um, you know, one of the things would be best to talk about was, you know, yet another appearance for yourself on the TVNZ 6pm news. Not a bad one to, to be on, and you've got quite a bit of airtime on that one. Really good, I think. And um, this time talking about that mortgage lending data, which we did speak about in last week's pod around, you know, that was your pulse last week, the market pulse that you wrote. So good to see some action on the back of that one. Um, what were they most interested in? What were sort of the key outtakes for you when you were speaking to the, the media on uh, last week? Yeah, it was. It came off the back of this this idea that uh, so the Reserve Bank's removed those loan to value ratio rules temporarily, potentially for up to a year. Um, but anecdotally, a lot of people were still finding it pretty hard to, to get a mortgage. And and the other the people featured on the story were were you know first time buyers. So gee, uh, we're still finding it a bit tough to get this over the line, despite theoretically being able to service the mortgage. And so there was, it was all around that. You know, how easy is it really to get? And I, I kind of took the view that. Um, actually, it's 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 good that it's still not easy because 
you know, it's in nobody's interest really to have a, a dodgy loan put out the door. It doesn't help the bank, it doesn't help the borrower. And in the end, you know, it's good to have these these decent credit standards around the deposit and also around, clearly in the current environment, around your job security and, and ability to keep paying that mortgage. So that was kind of my, my take on things, that it's it's right to have good standards. And, and bear in mind that we're in this relatively stable position, relatively stable position because of the previous caution from the Reserve Bank and from the banks themselves around ensuring that you've got a 20% deposit and can meet those serviceability tests. So I think there's a lot to be said for it and we're, and we're in the position we're in because of that previous caution. So it, it makes sense that they keep that going. So yeah, it was uh, good to feature again and, and hopefully more to come. Yep, no, exactly. Oh, look, I just thought that was that was the point for me. It was so bang on. It was, it's you know, risky lending. Um, is in no one's best interest, and so the fact that we nailed that one, I just thought was 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 good that you could get that one across. That was awesome. Okay, yeah, just to add on to that idea around caution and how beneficial it's been, the Reserve Bank's published some stats going back to just before the GFC. Um, about twenty five percent of of mortgages across the country had less than twenty percent equity. Now you come forward, and only seven percent of mortgages have less than twenty percent equity. So there's there's been over that uh, 10 or 12 year period, just a really big improvement in the, in the percentage of households with more equity in their houses. So I just think it, it, it puts us in this position we're in and, um, you know, as a credit to those, that, that previous caution and those LVI rules. So it's, for me, it's, it's just a good thing. Yep. No, I agree. I think, yeah, acknowledging that back then, you know, that's, that's the key thing here. So good call. All right, mate. Well, um, other macro data, what have we got? Building consents data came out last week as well. Pretty strong figures, right? They were yeah up up twenty percent year on year. So that's after a, a few period, a few months of falling consents year on year. So to have a twenty percent increase is pretty strong, driven by those smaller dwellings again, so apartments and townhouses and flats. Which I guess a couple of things to add, I and mean, that's a good thing. You know, we've got a growing population. We need a more intensified housing stock. So that seems quite good. Um, but second point, I guess on the outlook, we, you know, we know apartment consents can be lumpy as they say because there's a lot of them at once and so you you just need to keep that in the back of the mind that we could see some weaker months as those kind of work their way out um, but longer term there is still a recession going on and in, in that environment uh, people's confidence to build houses I think will probably diminish um, and so you know, I, I doubt that consents will stay this strong for for you know for too long and once we get into next year certainly might be seeing a bit more weakness but Again, one to watch. Yeah, I think one of the things we often point out as well is that it's not just confidence of the people to build, it's the confidence of the banks to lend. And naturally, they lend or are more open to lending on a house that exists already and not one that doesn't. Um, We've talked before as well about how the government are considerate of this. I want to make sure it doesn't drop off. We don't see consents drop off too far. So we're going to keep on top of this thing. But I think that's only natural as we go through more uncertainty, as you say, recession, that we will likely see things you know, start to reduce. And so that outlook, I think the best word you've used is that, that subdued outlook for consents, despite the fact that, yes, we had a very strong month uh, last month as well. So, yeah, good point. And then um, the other one, the other stats coming out last week, of course, foreign buyer stats. I mean, you know, generally what are we saying now? Same old. You know, I think, you know, there's not much too much to look into here, but I like your point that you made um, when you're doing a summary internally that, you know, what could have looked, what it could have looked like had the ban not been in place, considering we look so attractive to overseas markets right now. So that's probably your main point at the moment. 
Yeah, there's not too much to get excited about here. As you said, it's, it's, it's more of the same. And, and I guess the ban from the government's point of view has done what, what they intended. Um, and yeah, you do wonder, sort of playing the devil's advocate, what the numbers would be like if, uh, if we didn't have the foreign buyer ban now. You, know, you presumably would be a massive target for, for overseas property investors. So, so yeah, um, depending on what your view on this thing is, it, it could either be a good or bad thing. But yeah, it would be really interesting to see what was happening without the ban. But with the ban and the real numbers that we're seeing, not, not much to, to note business as usual, really. Yeah, exactly right. Like, you know, people, foreign buyers buying up, you know, maybe they'd say, oh, I'll just do my quarantine in my own place. Thank you very much. And, you know, they'll be, they'll be happy as Larry. And like I say, it depends on which side you look at this. You could say that's money coming to the country. It's going to someone else. So that's a good thing. But of course, the other side is, you know, if it's not being rented out to someone locally, it's being kept vacant or, you know, it's only housing those people, then it's not really helping out the local market in general as well. So there's always two sides to these things. But as you say, not really relevant anymore. The foreign buyer ban does exist, and that means very few purchases um, and actually more sales. And so we're actually seeing a net drop on that figure as well. So, yeah, always one that we'll continue to watch for, but um, you know, it becomes less relevant the fact that you know the ban is in place. And unless we see a big change from a politics perspective and someone scraps the ban, it's, uh, it doesn't really matter anymore anyway. So, yeah, and of course, there's always ways around it. You have to apply for that. So it's an interesting side of that side of things. Um, Cool, mate. We'll round us up with um, sort of last week's data, economic pers- perspective. What have we got? Jobs filled and confidence pretty much returning back to norm as well. Is that is that probably your final summary? Yep. Yeah, so the, the filled jobs measure from Stats New Zealand has now pretty much, with, with another rise in June, has pretty much almost exactly got back to where it was in March. So, you know, you could say that in terms of the employment numbers, you know, COVID's been and gone for now. I think obviously we'd acknowledge that that, that but that's not the final story and, and there's, there's going to be presumably more job losses to come. But yeah, pretty good set of numbers for June. And then business confidence and consumer confidence from ANZ, both both sort of continuing that trend of the last few months where they've, they've ticked up off their lows. But just some hints in, in ANZ's commentary focused on how some signs of loss of momentum, almost like we've had that sort of initial euphoria and people have been out spending and, and all these things. And now actually given we're into August and the wage subsidies coming towards its, its end, people might be just getting a bit more cautious. So that's definitely one to watch and, and I suppose could be a really reality check on, on some of this real confidence that's out there in the economy and the property market. So, um, yeah, we'll get another uh, another reading on that in a month's time. But, of course, they'll have, have their preliminary business confidence reading in sort of about a week's time. So, yeah, that could be a, a really interesting one to watch for any further signs of loss of momentum. Yeah, yeah. I think from that confidence perspective, tied into spend as well. I think people had a bit of pent up spend. You know, you didn't spend much for six to eight weeks or whatever it was, and so kind of caught up with some of that spending in June on, on whatever it was that you felt like, or whether it was local holidays and things. And I think, as you say, that confidence is probably you know falling away now. That's a bit of a change. And then from that business perspective, as I say, business confidence continue to watch that one. The other one that I saw last week was some data that was released through the Zero Insights um, site. And sort of saying that small business revenue was also back to normal as well. And considering we've been talking a bit more about looking at that small business sector to understand what they're up to, and it's a big part of our economy and a sign of where things are to go, let's watch and wait and see what the small businesses are up to as well. And they seem to be, you know, the revenue streams in general seem to be back to normal. But again, let's wait and see what happens as we move throughout the year, even though those figures look pretty good. And in general, they also compared it, New Zealand, to other countries 
and just showed the impact of you know the hard lockdown early on, which meant that spend was obviously you know, revenue from small business was reduced really significantly early on. But because it was such a hard lockdown so soon, we could get back to relative normality and that's what we're operating right, right now. And that we've seen revenue bounce back quite considerably, whereas around the rest of the world, that's not quite the case. And so while you don't lock down as hard, that then flows through to not being able to open up as fast as well. And of course, you know, I also did not acknowledge the situation over in Victoria now, which have gone into a, an even more serious lockdown, curfews and things in place. And something we certainly want to avoid. And I suppose that's where some caution has also got to be put as well, is that there was always a chance that New Zealand returns back to some level of lockdown as well. Um, and so that's going to be playing on people's minds at the same time. Yeah, gee, we've got to hope that doesn't happen, don't we? I mean, oh, <laughs> another understatement of the year. But, you know, it's, I suppose you do detect uh, sometimes a degree of frustration or whatever domestically around the way the government handled things. But, man, I bet if you went overseas, there'd be just, just envy of, of how we're going. So, yeah, it's, um, it's clearly going pretty well now. And as you say, gee, we've got to hope we, we don't go back. Um, but there's always a risk, I suppose. Oh, exactly. Touch wood, it just continues on because, yeah, as you say, so contrast to many other places in the world. Um, so, I mean, sort of linking it, I suppose, to what's coming up and, and tied into what you're talking about, the jobs built data, which is, you know, faster moving data. But we, I know that we are expecting labour market figures for Q2 um, to come out this week as well. I know unemployment will have obviously lifted as well, but where are you sort of tipping that to be? Because I know that obviously the long-term forecast is up to 10%, maybe not quite anywhere near that yet. Where are you sort of tipping that to be? Yeah, this is an interesting one. So the unemployment rate before, on the, on the previous reading three months ago, was 4%. Uh, and depending on who you look at, they, they think that the people who look at this more closely than I do think that it could have risen to anywhere between 5% or 8% already. So there's a very wide range around that. You know, sometimes it might be a sort of 0.1, 0.2% difference between forecasts. So to have a range of five to eight is pretty big. Seems like the consensus is somewhere around six. So it would have gone from 4% to 6%. And 6% unemployment rate would be the highest since 2012. So we're already, you know, creeping up there in terms of those historical comparisons. Um, So, yeah, obviously not great, um, but it will be out from Stats New Zealand on Wednesday. And, um, yeah, definitely one to look out for. Yeah, cool. I mean, it will be really interesting, but, yeah, as only the early part of the recession we're in, I suppose. And so that's, you know, we'll continue to talk about it from that perspective. Otherwise, I think, you know, last week I did speak about the fact our quarterly report would be out by now. Um, gave it a bit of a bit of a big plug. Got to do that once again. And I think the only advice I have is honestly just go and download it. It looks great. It's hugely informative. And I think, you know, it's one for the coffee, ta- coffee table or the office reception um, even as well. So, you know, you go print a version out and have that close by for referring back to because it's a pretty comprehensive view of what's happened throughout Q2 from a property market's perspective and economic perspective with relation to obviously all the impacts that COVID-19 had. So have to give that another little plug and, and, and say well done to you on that one. Um, the other thing I think last week was your blog on, you know, loving and not listing. You know, essentially delving into the fact that people are renovating and not moving and that can obviously slow turnover which we've talked about in the past as well due to not freeing up those previous properties um anything you want to touch on with those couple of things mate oh just on the on the listings loving loving not listing uh theory or idea yeah it's um so that's all in, in that article i suppose sometimes can be a choice you know people are like we've talked about earlier People might be fearing not being able to find the, the next properties that are sitting tight going, hey, I'll just do this one up instead. 
Um, but also, let's face it, cost is also going to be an issue in that financial side of things. For a lot of people, might already be pretty much tapped out on debt, and we know they've got to stump up for a real estate agent potentially, or pay for a furniture truck, legal fees. These kinds of things all add up. And if we've looked at the past at that trade-up gap, for example, between say a three-bedroom house and maybe the next house up the ladder, you might be looking at a four-bedroom. Around the main centres, that can be 150 grand at least. I think from memory in Auckland, Auckland City, it was 300 grand. So that's a lot of money that people have to find to trade up and and choice in some cases, but also in others, probably necessity that they just have to, to renovate and not relocate. Yep, no, exactly. I, always an interesting topic, I think. And in case you tell you much, you think it's quite a simple step, but it tells you so much about how the market's operating. So always a nice one to, to have a look at the detail about. So it's a really cool one. Um, all right, mate, we'll just, we'll just look ahead for this week. Obviously, we've got the QB House Price Index data this morning ourselves. That'll be released to the public on Wednesday, so it's under embargo until there. I suppose the only thing to say is, you know, unsurprisingly, it's a bit of a generally positive um, picture there as well. But as I do every time, we must know that the index is a rolling three-month measure, so it is less reactive, but very robust but not as reactive to those recent market movements. And so that's why, you know, we're always cautious about taking too much from the recent data because it is a rolling three months. I was looking at what's been happening the last couple of months, not just what happened in July, even though we talk about the July value change over that period. So one to watch out for, generally quite positive, And so that's no doubt what the headlines will, will focus on. Um, otherwise, we're looking at buy classification for July's sales at the end of the week so really looking at who's been active buying and i expect it to continue on with those first-time buyers many investors as well um and in terms of who's actually been transacting out there as well so those are the two things we're looking out for this week anything else from you to either wrap up on what we've been talking about today or anything else you're looking ahead for this week mate before we say goodbye no i think that's pretty much covered it all i guess just kicking around in my mind is this whole idea of acknowledging that things are bounced back and everyone's got a bit of positivity but also uh, and we're not talking we're not expecting a disaster or anything for sure you know I think any any downturn that might be coming could be a lot smaller than the past but acknowledging that a downturn is not yet off the cards that that's the thing there's some some things we've got to be aware of so yeah it's trying to balance all that up is, is what's kicking around for me yeah yeah no I think it's always a nice little summary to end on so I think it's good to always chuck that in there so good call Brilliant. Brilliant, mate. Oh, well, thanks for that once again. And uh, we had a few technical issues today, which hopefully no one's going to notice. But we'll uh, look forward to next week and hopefully no, no dramas like that. Otherwise, thanks for listening. Please do subscribe, rate and review us. Help us out in that, that sense of things. And please get in touch. Leave our Twitter, LinkedIn, email details. There is some correspondence this week, which um, was really nice to see. So thanks for that. All those details within the podcast player. So go check them out. Beautiful. Thanks very much. And we will speak to you next week. Bye.